that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the eminent companion, Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik, radiyallahu. And the last thing I mentioned was who exactly was the last companion, radiyallahu, to pass away. And more than likely, it was either Sayyidina Abu At-Tufil or Sayyidina Abu Al-Yusr Qa'ab ibn Amr, radiyallahu. So as the saying goes, they were the best of us, and there is then the rest of us. Again, as beautifully highlighted by our beloved messenger when he said, Amongst my ummah, my companions, ta'ala anhum, are like salt in food. And food is only good when there is salt in it. Hassan al-Basri then wept and added in grief. فَقَدْ ذَهَبَ مِلْحُنَا فَقَيْفَ نَسْلَ Our salt is gone. So how can we now be good? This is recorded in Bazaar. Abu Ya'la, Mishkat and others. Imam Sayyuti, Rahmatullah, states Hassan in Jami As-Saghir, 8-6-0. So what's interesting, like I've mentioned many times, there's many sayings in English. This is one of them. There's the best of us and then there's the rest of us. So this echoes this narration. And the Prophet mentioned that his ummah is food, but his companions are salt. Of course, there is no taste to the food without salt. And then he mentions Hassan al-Basri wept. And not forgetting, he was one of the students of Anas. He goes, our salt is gone. So how can we now be good? Those note that the blessed companions are on a pedestal of their own. And no one can be likened to them in any way, shape or form whatsoever. They were thus undoubtedly the very salt of this earth. Note also that another property of salt is that it preserves. Though subhanallah, it is also not an undeniable fact that it was no other than these venerable and lofty souls who had preserved our entire deen for us. So not the Prophet's wording again, conciseness of speech. He likened them to salt. So obviously, you get the saying again in English, the salt of the earth, meaning special. But salt preserves. And the companions preserve the entire deen for us. Clarifying further, Qatada Rahmatullah, he said, when Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu passed away, Mawrak al-Ajali Rahmatullah, he said, today half of knowledge has gone. It was said, how is that, O Abu al-Mu'tamir, rahmatullahi, he responded, when a man from the people of desires opposed us in the prophetic hadith, we said to him, let's go to the one who heard it directly from the Prophet. This is in Bukhari, in his Tariq al-Kabir, 2-27-8, with a sahih chain of transmission. So in this flawless report, one of the students of Anas radiallahu, he said, half of knowledge has gone. 
meaning we've lost Anas. So somebody goes, why do you say half of knowledge? And look what he said, fascinating. When a man of the people of desire, meaning an innovate, opposed us, we would say, let's go to the one who heard it directly from the Prophet. So how could you oppose him? Thus, during the era of the companions, the ideologies of the innovators would be kept in check. For when there was a difference of opinion regarding anything, the people would simply refer the matter back to the honorable companions, and thus any form of mischief would be averted. So look how easy it was to avert mischief. You hear something, you get confused, you go to the companions, and they have purified it. So when the companions left, that now had gone. And also, what else do we know about salt? In Deilami, Hafiz al-Ajluni in his Kashaf al-Khafa, Imam Sayyuti in his Jam'ul Jawami, Imam Qurtubi in his Tafsir. Our beloved messengers reported to have said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent down four blessed things from the Sama, i.e. the heavens to the earth. Iron, fire, water, and salt. Subhanallah. So here the Prophet now is mentioning something from the Unseen. These four things came from the Sama. This is the higher realms. Iron, fire, water, and salt. And what's interesting, they discovered that iron comes from the death of a star. And that, of course, is confirmed both in the Quran and also the Sunnah which is mentioned here. Fire is from the hellfire. The Prophet said that the fire on earth is the remnant of the fire of hell. Water, of course, from the heavens. And then what did he mention? Salt. Thus, it would also be correct to say that there is something unearthly about these magnificent men and women. So look how interesting. Again, in English, when you say there's something unearthly about this person, it doesn't mean he's an alien. It means there's something unique about him. But why do they use these figures of speech unearthly? So go back to the Hadith. These are from the, the Sama. So the companions, they are the salt of the earth. This can certainly be detected when one carefully studies their magnificent and unparalleled lives. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be well pleased with each and every one of them and forgive us all for their honorable sake. Amen. So note, the Prophet's statement has so many meanings. When he said, they are the salt. I.e., they are the salt of the earth. They preserve the entire deen. And there's something unearthly about them. I conclude by asking my Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness for any shortcomings with regards to describing one of his most beloved servants after his chosen prophets and messengers, alayhi salatu wa For after all is said and done, the ink and pages eventually finish. But not so the endless virtues and rank of the dear beloved young cousin and servant of our beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa the exalted Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik, radiyallahu. May he subhanahu wa ta'ala by his grace and mercy also allow us to be raised up with such a pure and lofty soul. Amen. The majestic man himself, Anas, he relates, radiyallahu. The holy prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, out of his love for the Ansar, he emerged, having tied the border of his cloak wrapped around his head to mitigate the headache. He ascended the pulpit, which he never ascended after that day. I making this his final words on that awesome platform. 
he praised and glorified Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then said, Usikum bil ansar. I exhort you all concerning the ansar, i.e. that you be kind and loving to them and overlook their failings. فَإِنَّهُمْ قَرِشِ وَأَيْبَتِ Verily they are my very innards and depository of secrets. Indeed they have admirably discharged their duties to me. Thus the reward is all that is due to them. Indeed accept the excuse of the pious amongst them for their shortcomings and pass over the lapses of the bad doers amongst them. So this is recorded in Sayyid Bukhari, number 3,799, <coughs> Mishkat, number 6,221. So who narrates this report? Anas. And he explicitly said, this is the last thing he said on the pulpit. So what was the last thing that, you know, how poignant and touching that these were the last words of our beloved messenger on the sacred pulpit. And what was he talking about? He was talking about the Ansar. And what did he say? He said, Usikum bil ansar. I exhort you concerning the Ansar. Then he used very interesting words. فَإِنَّهُمْ قَرِشِ وَعِيبَتِ So you go to the Arabs. What does Qarishi mean? Or Kirsh? Kirsh literally translates as the stomach of a ruminating animal. So if you take it literally, what was the Prophet saying? He goes, they are my stomach, my, my interior. Then you ask the Arabs, what does Aiba mean? Aiba literally translates as a secure, safe receptacle. So how do you translate that? They are my, my interior, safe, secure receptacle. So look how beautiful the Prophet was describing the Ansar meaning. They are my, they are my utmost trustworthy, sincere ones. Then he goes, they have admirably discharged their duties. Reward is now what is due. Then he mentioned, accept the excuse of the pious and pass over the bad doers amongst them. The majestic Anas also relates that our beloved messenger said, honor and respect the Ansar, for they have brought up Islam like a chick is brought up in its nest. Honor and respect the Ansar, for they have brought up Islam like a chick is brought up in its nest. This is in Darukutni in his Al-Afrad, Delami in his Musnad al-Firdos, number 223, Kanzal Omal, number 33,724. So again, very interesting description. Respect and honor them. And then he gave you a reason, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They have brought up Islam like a chick is brought up in the nest. So a chick is absolutely defenseless. Mm. The mother is protecting it, feeding it, looking after it until it can fend for itself. That is how the Prophet mentioned the Ansar, how they looked after Islam. Mm. Note how the mother makes such strenuous efforts to nurture her chicks, sacrificing her own comforts for theirs, indeed willing to lay down her very life for them. Subhanallah. A similar most befitting description of the noble Ansar. So note, whatever way the Prophet was describing them, he was showing his deep love for them. Thus, again, the exalted Sayyidina Anas, who relates that our beloved messenger said, 
ayatul imani hubbul ansar wa ayatun nifaqi bughdul ansar the sign of iman is love for the ansar and the sign of hypocrisy is hatred for the ansar this is in sahih bukhari number 3784 sahih muslim number 128 tirmidhi number 3900 mishkar number 6250 so note again now they are a gauge for iman if you love the ansar the prophet said that's a sign that you've got iman if you have hated for them that's a sign that you've got hypocrisy meaning have nothing in your hearts against them. and similarly bara ibn azib radiyallahu he relates that our beloved messenger said sallallahu alaihi wasallam none but a believer loves the ansar and none but a hypocrite despises them faman ahabbahum ahabballahu waman abghadahum abghadahullah those who ever loves them is loved by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and whoever despises them is conversely despised by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is in sahih bukhari number 3783 sahih muslim number 129 mishkal number 6216 so the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam now is saying if you love them you have the love of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala meaning how can you stray and if you hate them you are despised by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so how can you be guided if this was not all Zayd ibn Arqam radiyallahu anhu the beloved messenger made the following dua sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allahumma ighfir lil ansari wal abna'il ansari wa abna'il abna'il ansar O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive the ansar the sons i and daughters of the ansar and the grandson i and daughters of the ansar subhanallah This is in Sahih Bukhari number 4906 Sahih Muslim number 2506 Tirmidhi number 3909 Mishkal number 6223 So now how many sons and daughters did Anas have So they all entitled to this dua of the prophet Forgive the sons and daughters of the Ansar How many grandchildren did Anas have They entitled to this dua of the prophet So not only is he forgiven his sons and daughters are forgiven and his grandsons and daughters are forgiven leaving aside their own blessed deeds because of the dua of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam So note all of these reports highlight the greatness and the sublimity of the noble ansar So I conclude with the words of the exalted In surah al-Hadid surah 57 verse 10 Allah the Almighty and Glorious he says audi billahi min ash-shaitan ar-rajim la yastawi minkum man anfaqa min qabl al-fath wa qatal not equal amongst you or those who spent and fought before the victory ulaika a'zamu darajatan min alladhina anfaqu min ba'du wa qatalu those are higher in rank than those who spent and fought afterwards وَقُلَّنْ وَعَدَ اللَّهُ الْحُسْنَى مُتُعُلْ As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised husna, i.e. a goodly reward. So in this passage in Surah Hadid, Surah 57 verse 10, Allah the Almighty and Glorious, He's talking only about the companions here, رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَلَىٰ And He makes a distinction. 
He goes, not equal amongst you are those who spent and fought before the victory. And the scholars point out that look how great these two deeds are. Allah Ta'ala could have mentioned any two deeds. He could have said those who prayed, those who fasted, but he mentioned those who spent and fought. So the first thing to highlight is how great it is to give in the path of Allah and to fight. But then he mentions those who spent and fought before the victory. So what's the victory? According to Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu, it's the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. Ay, the Treaty of Hudaybiyah took place in the year 6 or 7 AH. So those who fought and spent before that are greater than the companions who spent and fought after that. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَقُلَّنْ وَعَدَ اللَّهُ الْحُسْنَ But to all has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised a goodly reward. So here in the Quran, Qati text, Allah the Almighty and Glorious gives His divine approval to all the companions. وَقُلَّنْ So you ask any Arab, what does that mean? Because every وَقُلَّنْ وَعَدْ What does وَعَدْ mean? Promise. Wa'ad Allah, the promise of Allah. What does husna mean? Husna means beautiful. Literally means beautiful. But the commentators of the Quran said it means paradise here. So if you look at the meaning of the verse, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? But to all, I the companions, Allah the Almighty has promised paradise. So this is so important to highlight. There is no rotten apples like some would make you believe among for the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and also, in Surah Al-Hashr, Surah 59, verse 9, Allah the Almighty and Glorious, He says, But those before them had homes, i.e. in Al-Madinah, and had embraced the faith, showed their affection to such as came to them for refuge, and entertained no desire in their hearts for things given to the latter. وَيُؤْثِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ خَصَاصًا They prefer others above themselves, even though they themselves are in need. وَمَنْ يُوْقَ شُحَ نَفْسِهِ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ Indeed, those saved from the covetousness of their souls, these are the ones who are successful. Subhanallah. So here in this verse, Surah 59 verse 9, Allah Ta'ala is praising the Ansar. And He says in praise of them that they've embraced Islam, they've shown love and kindness to the Muhajirun, and they don't want anything from them in return. And Allah Ta'ala then mentions something striking about the Ansar. They prefer others above themselves, even though they themselves are in need. So if you prefer others, that's a beautiful quality. But if you are in need, it's a sublime quality. And the Ansar, even though they were in need, they preferred others. And then Allah Ta'ala mentions that those who are saved from their shuh, the desire, craving desire to take something from others, these are the ones who are successful. So Allah Ta'ala mentions Qati in the Quran that the Ansar are successful. In Surah Tawbah, Surah 9, verse 100, Allah the Almighty and Glorious, He says, وَالسَّابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ وَالَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُمْ بِإِحْسَانِ الرَّضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وَرَدُوا عَنْهُ 
ഹിമ For them has he prepared gardens under which rivers flow to dwell therein forever. Behold, that is indeed the supreme triumph. So here again, Allah is praising the Ansar and the Muhajirun. But he mentions the Sabiqun first. These were the earliest, the best of the best. Then the Muhajirun, then the Ansar. Then Allah says something very interesting. وَالَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُمْ بِإِحْسَانِ Those who followed them in Ihsan. So now what's Allah Ta'ala testifying to? All of the Sahaba had reached Ihsan. Because Allah Ta'ala is telling the rest of you, those who followed them in Ihsan, the highest grades of Iman, then Allah Ta'ala will be pleased with you as He was pleased with them. And also, In Surah Al-Fajr, Surah 89, verse 27 to the end of the Surah, Allah the Almighty and Glorious, He says, Ya ayyatuhan nafsul mutma'inna irji'i ila rabbiki radiyatan mardiyya fadkhuli fi ibadi wadkhuli jannati Ayy, to the righteous it would be said, O soul, nafsul mutma'inna, O the soul that is completely purified, come back to your Lord, well-pleased and well-pleasing unto Him. Enter you then amongst my devotees. Yes, enter you, my paradise. So here Allah, the Almighty and Glorious, He's discussing, He's talking to nafsul mutma'inna. So this is the most purified nafs. So the people of Ihsan, he's talking about the people of Ihsan. So he's talking about the Sahaba. So Allah Ta'ala is saying, O nafsul mutma'inna, come back to your Lord, well-pleased and well-pleasing. Enter you amongst my devotees. Enter you, my paradise. And like I mentioned, note that the jinn and mankind have indeed imagined and will continue to imagine what lies in wait, inshallah, in paradise. But, subhanallah, Nothing can express the reality better than this holy verse which mentions my paradise. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very own. May we too reach it through the grace and mercy of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So note verses after verses mentioning the status of the noble companions. Flawless reports echoing the verses of the Quran. And of course, always good to finish with the divine revelation. with regards to these sacred souls. So with this, I've completed the short biography of the great life of Sayyidina Anas. I pray to Almighty Allah Subhanahu that He forgives me for any errors which I may have uttered. And through our love for Him, inshallah, we'll be with Him in paradise. Amen. Are there any questions? We'll have to ask. 